0: Kaya FM podcast. Saturdays with Jamie. They say you can't stop a good man working. And there he is (laughs) sitting in the the studio. I mean, is that your Saturday gear? It isn't. Because it's ever so smart.
1: It isn't. I'm, I'm en route to a session with a client and their executive team. We've been helping them with strategies, so I'm doing that for much of the morning.
0: So I want to find out, have strategies and things like that, have they changed post-lockdown? Definitely. Because I don't think people are thinking in the same way.
1: They've definitely changed. In fact, what's happened to a lot of businesses is they just took the old book and threw it out the window, recognising that the environment they're operating in has changed, but also the variables are changing, and what was given is no longer given. Right, So, you know, for instance, for this particular client, they're a 1.8 billion rand business, and much of their costs was sitting in residency, and now they're wondering, do we need the residency costs anymore? But they're a professional services business, so they've got an image that they've got to portray, and this is a, a light issue, but they've got to look a particular way. So, how do you maintain a 1. Point something billion rand business, and the image of what that looks like when people are in, you know, work-from-home gear? What does that look like? That's a soft HR issue. It's not quite the technical stuff we'll get into this afternoon, but just at a a level, those are the kind of conversations leaders are having.
0: There was uh, the head of an advertising agency, a very well-known advertising agency, Mm -hmm. and he and his partner started it out of the boot of their car. Mm -hmm. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, yes, indeed. Reg Lascaris. And they had no money whatsoever. That's right, yeah. But they did have an office where you walked in And, oh, my, (laughs) everybody (laughs) just knew it was happening there. There were the free smarties and there was this and that and a receptionist all dressed up. But behind the scenes, there was nothing because they had nothing. That's right. So they were working on, you know, milk boxes and things like that. So I think it's the it's the initial impression. And then it's different.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you know, I can tell you stories about that, but definitely on the money. And even in my industry of financial services, there's a lot of that. So uh, a lot of these um, kind of hotspotting environments now have made that much easier because you, you can get to buy into somebody else's ecosystem without laying out massive amounts mm. of, of capital. But the truth is that human beings are image-based. Mm. This is why Instagram was the fastest growing social media platform. So what it looks like is a material part of how it sounds and whether or not people believe the story. So where you set up, how you set up, why you set up, for instance, is a very important part of how you build a brand and build a business.
0: And it depends on the timing. So if you started in the 80s, it would be different. It would be glitzy. Nowadays, uh uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's, it's gone all crafty now. All, it's all artisanal, right? Um, it is. Yeah. You are absolutely right. It's very and artisanal. It's artisanal and everything is created for... It's more than just looking at. It's mm-hmm. more It's more feeling, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it's all about. I went to the opening of a, a venture in Gauteng yesterday. It was very fascinating <laughs> and very nice. I really, really enjoyed it. Anyway, let's get down to this book. Indeed. So, it's Nuts and Bolts by McLean Sabander. Now, um, it's, it's a no-nonsense cover. Uh, it's just black and white, and you kind of know... Uh, Well, you're going to get, you're going to get decent stuff inside. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this book, because I know it's impressed you.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I know McLean. I've known him for some time. You know, he's a structured thinker. He's a considered man. And he's definitely proved his mettle. The book is, I mean, I was surprised that there were some of the things he was able to add in the book. But I suppose as time has passed, those issues are no longer issues. Those strategies are no longer relevant. It's not a, in business, you don't generally publish what you're going to do because you don't want to tell the marketplace. You, you want your competitors to discover as you go. But he goes into great detail about the innovation ecosystem in Gauteng in particular and it's a fascinating book but I must also confess I found myself halfway through it just really angry very very angry at the recognition that there is somebody as talented as he is who spent over a decade of his life building an innovation ecosystem and yet if you ask any entrepreneur today what are the issues that you're facing it's exactly the same issues he was dealing with over no, a decade ago it's made no difference it, well, and it's and it's and I wonder if it's made no difference or if the speed at which we're moving is so slow that actually we're moving backwards. Right, So if you think about the influx of population coming into this province, mm. you think about the growth of the informal sector, the growth of the township market, and the lack of opportunities in formal jobs, and, and the state saying, well, build a business. What That, that issue has become so big that we're just not moving fast enough at addressing it, frankly. You also recognize reading the book, and it's not a strategy problem. So it's not that we are not thinking and not documenting We've got, I mean, in the book, he he details work around the innovation agency before that it was the innovation hub, um, the innovation fund. Then he went from the innovation agency and the innovation fund to the innovation hub, right? And he just details this entire experience. And you're following this going, hold on, even before Vusi got into the ecosystem. And today, to give you a sense, I'm co-chair of Silicon Cape, which is by far and away the most advanced innovation ecosystem in the continent. But even before I got into the space, this was already happening. Then you wonder, why are we sitting with the issues that we're sitting with? Mm. I think what it comes down to is speed of, of execution, but it's also just the will to see things through. Um, there are parts in the book he hints at it, but he doesn't quite say it, which is that we have this culture of pronouncing and celebrating the announcement rather than celebrating the delivery of the announcement. Mm. And as a consequence of that, a lot of what we say to do, we don't actually do, whilst the problem itself is continuing to grow.
0: So is it a practical book or are you going to throw it from one side of the room to the other in anger as, as you practically did? So that's a good
1: question. And there, my re, as I was reading the book, it's pretty clear that there are different Audiences. So there are people who will read the book and should read the book because you are interested in how innovation and technology works. He talks, for instance, about when he first took over the innovation agency. Um, in his staff complement, there were no people who had any technology or, or innovation training. Mm. But you're supposed to be delivering technology and Mm. innovation programs. Mm. He, I think at a time he says there were only five startups that were being, that were being accelerated. And then you only have to think what that actually means. Accelerating only five startups. Um, and of course, he then worked to scale that. The agency was also very disconnected from the township market. So over a period of time, he went through creating these things called Ekasi Labs. They started with one. By the time he left around 2018, they had about 10. So the audience that can read the book is an audience of people that want to understand this thing around innovation and technology. And everybody today has got an app. And what if I want to build my own Facebook? What support is there in the province of Gauteng? Mm. You should definitely read the book. But if you're also an entrepreneur who wants to understand how to build a business, you should read the book too. And the reason there is because he muses at himself. So he talks about his own experiences as a manager As a leader, he talks about trying to excite people around a vision. And then he talks about planning. How do you plan and how do you make sure that you keep yourself accountable to that plan? So at a very practical, personal level, there's things you can learn about how to do things. I do think, though, that the audience for whom this is intended, um, and perhaps tragically, is the audience who will not read it, which is the people who control the purses the people who need to read this book right now are chairing state funding agencies right now they're disappearing in in front of commissions of inquiry they're concerned with everything but the work we need to be doing they need to read this book because one of the things that happens at that particularly at that level of state is every time a new person takes over, there's a new program and a new set of things and a discontinuation of the old, a loss of institutional um, memory as well as just basic knowledge management. And so, and so I think this book actually should be gifted to every single one of the ministers, deputy ministers, chief directors and director generals in the entire economic cluster, as well as the entire sciences culture uh, cluster. Read it, this is what we've done, now pull it all together. Because, and this is just a final note, the work of innovation and acceleration of innovation, people often talk about the technology itself, but they don't talk about the ecosystem, right? So of course you need the technology to do the thing, but you also need to make sure you've got the funds to deploy to do mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and y- you know, if you and I are creating an app, it's not as if we can go to the bank and ask them for funding. Banks mm-hmm. don't do that kind of funding. And when you go to talk to many state funding agencies, we don't need to name them, often the business analysts you're sitting across themselves don't understand how technology financing works. They don't understand why Coinbase can do an IPO at a $1 billion, hundred billion dollars when less than a year ago, it was trading at what is 6% the price of that. <laughs> how did it get this incredible exponential rise in valuation? Right, they don't understand how uh, a business like Sequoia, for instance, can list the way it lists businesses that are not yet profitable, but are making massive valuations. Mm. So they're approaching the world of innovation finance, like the world of traditional finance, but at the same time going, South Africa and young people, make sure you're part of the fourth industrial revolution, build these innovation instruments. And so there's a massive disconnect between what we're saying, what we're putting out in market and what we're capacitating.
0: Well, it's really interesting because I was reading something uh, I think yesterday, the day before, about where do you invest your money, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they're the, all the traditional things, mm-hmm. but the traditional things I'm not sure are working anymore, mm-hmm. uh, or they're about to be overtaken, mm-hmm. uh, and so they're going to have to be smart in order to in, in order to cope with. And one of my interests is is new stuff. Mm-hmm. I went. I won't invest in any – if I had any money, I won't invest in anything with coal or any company that has got coal resources right. at all. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> – sorry, Gwerdy, but that's, the, that's it. <laughs> so, So, I mean, I just think it's really, really interesting that there are opportunities – but they're not manifest yet. Yeah. So you know that that's what they're doing. But I've got a leap from there to there. As, uh, uh, this is what stock exchanges, I think, should be uh, involved in as well. I think you're on the money. You know. So if you
1: take a broad picture view at this, about just over a decade ago, the United Nations uh, designated a series of goals they're called the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. And around those, a category of investment was formed called impact investing. It's the space I work in. So last year, our firm won the best impact investing firm in Africa at the Worldwide Finance Awards. So understand the space well. There are 17 of those goals that are designated. And along those, you can align an investment strategy. But the problem is the typical retail investor, Jenny, say, who wants to place 2,000 rand a month in an investment instrument doesn't deal with a financial advisor who even knows the category exists, let alone how to channel her in that direction. So there's a disconnect at that level. Um, and then at an institutional level, the truth is that a lot of the institutions, particularly in South Africa, tend to be behind the curve of innovation. Mm. They're still arguing about whether or not. Bitcoin is a currency or a store of value, or I'm, I'm not sure what the argument is. Um, and so as a consequence of that, we, we tend to lag economic opportunities. A friend of mine, Vinny, likes to say, all new wealth is created in frontiers. There is no new wealth created in stayed known markets, which means by definition, if we want to create a wave of new wealth, this new emerging black middle class. We have to pursue market frontiers. Mm. We're not doing that. We tend to default to the old, the known, the institutional. The safe. Yeah, the safe, yeah. And that's where the capital goes and that's where the talent goes.
0: Well, listen, I think things are changing. And Vusi, this happens to us every single time. We start talking yeah. <laughs> and then we have to stop. And somehow or other, there's got to be a space for us just to... Just to you know do the bull thing yes ma'am when you're ready well I'm always ready so (laughs) so let's let's say that this is a must-read book but you've got to be in the right space to read it is that a fair summing up
1: absolutely so first I'd say must read second I'd say bring a notebook because he's the kind of guy that writes things you want to remember second a third make a cup of coffee and fourth give yourself about two weeks you're not going to read it in a single sitting or a week it's going to take you about 2 hours a day maybe an hour a day of solid reading over a 2 week period but if you if don't break the book up if you break it up you'll you forget so much of the old that by the time you pick it up you've you've forgotten what you were reading
0: listen i think it sounds very very intriguing fuzi tempoya thank you very much Much lead you're going to us. have a good morning i can see that already yes, ma'am. and uh, and look forward to a longer conversation with you so he says it uh, as McLean, as I do the Scottish way, mclean Sabanda, And it's Nuts and Bolts, Strengthening Africa's Innovation and Entrepreneurship Ecosystems. And it's published by Tracy McDonald Publishers. Saturdays with Jenny, every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM podcast. Go to kayafm.co.za for more.